Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Be The Wolf. We are talking about walking into the unknown. And I'm here with Maggie Green. She is the Chief Everything Officer at Maggie Green Style. And she is definitely a wolf. She is somebody who is living the life that is true and right for her. And she helps other people do the same. Welcome, Maggie. How are you? Thank you, Janaya. I'm doing really well. I'm ready for fall to get here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I'm grateful to be here. So thanks for the invitation. Amazing. I'm so excited about having this connection and this talk with you. Um, but before we get started, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it is you do at Maggie Green Style? Sure. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, so I describe Maggie Green Style as a one-woman band on a mission to transform how you see yourself. And a more kind of detailed description of that is I work at the intersection of personal brand and personal style. So I can help you show up as your radically authentic self in every possible context, online, in real life, at work, at play, and everything in between. Yes, what we do is so aligned. <laughs> I help everybody get radically in. I can't even speak today. Let's start over. <laughs> I help people get radically aligned with who they are inside and you help them project that outside. Does that sound correct? Yeah. Um, I describe my approach as kind of inside out. And it's like, whatever's true about you as an individual, you know, a lot of people when they're navigating career and life changes, they look externally for answers. And in my work, I'm a firm believer and I'm living the proof that the answers you need to those really hard questions live inside of you already. Like everything you need to succeed, you have within your capability already. And that's sometimes scary for people. Um, it's hard to believe, right, in the very beginning. Um, but that's what I do. I, I hope people realize that that's true. And Kind of amplify that wherever they show up. Absolutely. And it really is. People say, well, I, 
I grew up in this terrible way. So therefore I don't have all of these things that I need to succeed. But the reality is that if you want it, if you really want it, I mean, I think that's a big part of it is that you can take the steps. They might be little steps and it might take you a little bit longer than it will take somebody else because maybe you didn't grow up with certain resources, but we all have so much within us to give to the world. We have amazing, wonderful gifts. And I think, I truly believe that the world needs each one of us in order to transform itself and balance the ecosystem of our world, our societies, and having everybody live their fullest and best lives. Yeah, it's interesting, like, you know, you're saying you have to want it, right? I think the desire is there for a lot of people. I think there are things that hold them back, like fear. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, know and trust that you're worthy, right? Doesn't matter how you grew up. Um, and I, I take that back. It does matter. It absolutely has an impact, right? Um, the way I grew up in terms of access to resources, like, if you would have told five-year-old me that I would be doing what I'm doing today, I don't know that she would have believed you. She would have been excited about the idea, right? That was probably her dream and we just didn't know it then. Um, but, you know, in terms of like beating the odds and navigating obstacles, there was nothing in my early childhood development um, my family dynamic, the environment and culture that I grew up in, nothing pointed me in this direction. Nothing like planted those seeds. I would have had no idea, right? Um, I don't know what I would have been doing today if I continued to believe the things that I learned growing up, um, some of those narratives and expectations. Um, I am grateful for the experience, even though a lot of it was tough, it made me tough, right? It made me resilient. Um, it helped me deal with things like fear um, and taking risks and all those things, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> yes, we are. It's interesting you talk about your five-year-old self and telling her what you would be doing today. I know for me personally, I can remember this moment of being three years old and I was fully connected to who I truly am. And I could feel like anything was possible. It was like everything was right there at my fingertips for the taking. And then, you know, life happens. It beats you up and you get fed these narratives. You witness things that don't work out the way you think and instinctually deep down know is possible. And so it's like your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you're just surrounded by fear. To try to expand it out, it means stepping through fear. It's like we have the world wide open to us when we're little because we don't know anything about the crazy world. <laughs> and then it gets shrunken down and then it becomes almost the path to step through each of those boundaries that were put there as we grew up. 
and shatter them so that we can step into the unknown and actually create what is real and right and true for us. Yeah, I I think about like all of the things that I did personally and professionally, um, but I think for this conversation, the career piece is probably most relevant and surprising for folks who are tuning in. Like I think about all the different things that I did while at the same time knowing internally, like what's my biggest fantasy, right? Like what are the things that bring me joy? And it's always been about like, creativity and self-expression and um, even like self-actualization, self-awareness, those types of things. And like really wanting to help people get on board with that and encourage and empower them. And like, if you look at my career path, it's it's definitely not linear, right? It Like I said, it did not head in this obvious direction at all. I mean, I skipped around to all kinds of industries, all kinds of verticals, like just different business functions. So I got a taste of all of the components that would, in retrospect, serve me really well as a business owner, but I never planned to start a business. I'd never, never dreamed about entrepreneurship until just a few months before I launched this. And when I say this, it's like the thing. It brings together all of the things that challenge me in all the right creative ways, right? And allow me to, allows me to use all the skills that I've learned in all the different fields and industries, but also it like couples it with the things that make me feel what I describe is called electric joy, which is that feeling that like uninhibited, can't stop me like, like you were describing at three years old and five years old, right? Like that just pure, innocent joy. Like that's the essence I think of what makes a person uniquely them. And I knew it, but I like ignored it, I guess, or maybe denied it for a period of time. And yeah, it's it's funny. Um, if we have time, can I share with you some of the things that I've done in my career that are like, seemingly oppositional to personal brand and style. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're definitely going to go there. So okay. one of the things that, you know, in being the wolf, one of the be the wolf qualities is stepping into the unknown. And and that is so much what you have done and what really tells me a lot about you in your story is you have done the stepping into the unknown over and over and over again. But before we get there, I just want to say for anybody listening, if you are feeling compressed by those boundaries and those expectations and those shoulds that you felt growing up, those ways that we learn to adapt and navigate all of that, it does give you superpowers. So if everything was perfect and, you know, if that world stayed so expansive like it was to me when I was three years old and I didn't have any hardships and struggles and things to navigate, I would not have come out with as many strengths as I have today. And so 
what that has allowed for me to do, and I think for you as well, is to be a more a stronger and more powerful force to be able to help guide people along the way. So we get to keep the superpowers, y'all, even when you heal all the healing and clear all of the baggage, all those superpowers and strengths that you gained along the way, you get to keep. And so much the same way with an unconventional career path with lots of pivots and turns, all the resources you pick up along the way, you get to keep and it helps you to become the more powerful version of yourself. So let's start at the beginning. <laughs> Where, what's one of your very first stepping into the unknown moments of really, and I think when we spoke earlier, you described it so much as a free fall. Because I think that's a lot what it feels like when you're like no idea what's going to be on the other side of this thing. You're stepping through that boundary of fear to who knows what. So what is one of the first big ones that you can think of? Um, so as far as like big changes and stepping into the unknown, there's kind of a like a composite sort of collage memory in my mind that's definitely from earlier in childhood, like before puberty. Um, the environment that I was in was extremely unstable. So the known and security was like the exception to the rule. Um, the unknown was typical of our everyday. Like, where are we going to live? where is our next meal going to come from, right? Literally, I mean, we experienced housing and food insecurity at various moments. Um, when, I, when I think about that, like, I have to think about clothing and like, of course this has a special meaning in my life, but I don't think folks realize like how deep that connection goes. I remember specific garments that got left behind or maybe that I was forced to part with or let go because we didn't have enough room in storage or we were, you know, we were limited to only one bag or box wherever we were going next, right? So um, it was kind of a, often a perpetual cycle of the unknown as far as, so there was experiencing the unknown and those big changes unwittingly, right? When I was a child, I didn't have a choice in the matter, right? I was kind of beholden to those around me who were responsible for my care and well-being. Later in life, as I became an adult, um, what was my first experience with the unknown? Um, I remember challenging myself to really push the confines and the boundaries of my comfort zone the summer before college started. Um, I was really excited to start school and I didn't want to just like hang around and take the summer off. I was like, there's got to be something to engage me, something to challenge me. And I remember signing up for this like volunteer program. It was a week long kind of workshop style 
group camp, if you will, where we would go like a week or two early before school started, um, live on campus and do a series of these community service projects. So the community service aspect definitely resonated with me. But I was terrified of the social exposure and being like the new kid on the block and putting myself out there in this way, just like being visible was so scary. I don't know anyone in this program, right? It wasn't like I had a, a shoe in like best friend that I was going to school with and we were gonna do this thing together. I was totally alone um, and I had no idea what to expect, right? So there was a lot of anxiety and fear around that experience. Um, that example, like, and the results of it are true of every huge risk, every leap that I've taken, you know, off the edge of a metaphorical cliff. Um, I think about that feeling of like when you're when you're about to summit like the highest peak of a roller coaster, which there's another metaphor for you. This has been a roller, a wild ride, but you hit the top and like you know what's coming. But in that moment, there is still that fear, like, oh, you know, what if I fall? What if something breaks? What if, what if, what if, right? Um, the, the payoff, like, once you lean in and you take the leap, the payoff, at least in every, with every big major risk I've taken is like, okay, you know, like, I did that because I did that. I can take the next leap. I can jump off the next cliff, whatever that analogy is. Um, it's really scary, but I think for me personally, leaning into and confronting fear has been critical. Like we probably heard the term, like if you give the monster a name, it takes away its power, whatever the thing is, whatever the the challenge, that free fall, the, the unknown, right? I'm like, I want to look it right in the eye. You like, look, <laughs> we've got to come to some sort of agreement here. And if we can't, like I'm pushing through, I'm on a mission, right? Like don't get in my way, um, which is hard. You know, it takes a lot of, um, takes a lot of guts and grit to, to go there. Um, especially when you're not sure, you know, again, like, where am I going to live? What am I going to do for income? Um, right. those types of things. Um, One thing that I really hear in this is when you made the decision, you made the decision to step into something that was going to challenge you, something that was going to expand you. And so you made that choice to step into the unknown for something that you might get that would be expansive instead of i think a lot of times we leap into the unknown because we are running from something i know for me like a simple example is i if i couldn't control it i was not going to do it if i if there was an unknown factor i was not going to do it i was learning i was good at a lot of things when i was young and my aunt wanted to teach me piano, but I wasn't good at it. And I quit because I couldn't see past the, I couldn't see past the pain of improving, of growing. For me, all my big leaps, for the most part, when I was younger, into my 30s even, were because 
I was pushed out and I took a leap to get out of pain. So the market difference that I hear you say in this first big leap is that you are looking to expand and grow, which is a powerful, it's super powerful because we get what we focus on. So focusing on the expansion and the growth and pushing through into that free fall is very different than when you're running from something terrible and you're taking the leap. It's a totally different experience. They're both scary. <laughs> um, but one typically has a lot more rewards. That's got me thinking about like the next big, you know, leap that I took was leaving rural Kentucky. So leaving the Southeast southeastern United States and coming to the Pacific Northwest, which if you look at a map is like pretty much like the longest geographical distance between those two points. It was like, how far away can I get? But it wasn't running from family or like my toxic past or that narrative. It was literally like as fast as I can and as straight of a, of a path as I could toward what I suspected then was possible. Again, this would have been like 10 years ago. So thinking back to five-year-old me, she wouldn't have believed, right? She would want to believe that I would be doing what I'm doing today. But 10 years ago, Maggie, like, I mean, like she had an inkling, but had no clue. And it's, it's so cool to think about that because a cross-country move with no formal plan like, I mean, I was, I knew, and I like willfully went straight into that unknown because my thinking was whatever possibilities, good, bad, whatever, right, um, would be a growth opportunity, would be a personal challenge. And that could only be a benefit to me because I knew if I stayed where I was, you know, I would grow bored possibly complacent and those two things are like my my arch enemies okay my arch nemeses i don't want to be bored i i want a fast pace i want creativity and i wasn't getting that where i was so i headed in in that direction so it's kind of running away or it might be perceived as running away but it was absolutely running towards you know moving in the direction towards what i wanted to do um yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And it really does create such a, a, generally speaking, it creates a bigger, more expansive possibilities when you're running towards something versus running away from something. I think my, in my younger years, my biggest growth uh, aspects of, of boredom, like I always had it, but I couldn't step outside my own stuff to do it in in my actual life but i just translated that into my romantic life i got bored with men real fast <laughs> um okay so jumping across and moving to the pacific northwest taking that big leap what were some of those fears that you actually had to overcome um i think Financial insecurity played a small role, right? Um, and I, as I say that, I want to acknowledge that I come from 
as I've kind of alluded to, right, a really underprivileged background, severe lack of financial resources. So in a, in a way, that kind of made me think differently about money. It wasn't money is no object kind of feeling. It was more like we never had it. So I didn't really have a grasp on how big of a deal it was. Um, we can survive on nothing, limited resources, right? Um, but as I'm sharing this, I need to acknowledge my privilege as well. Um, I have had people in my life, a support network um, that that have helped, right? When financial crises come up, um, not so much now as an adult and certainly um, not since I started my business, although what would I do without my partner, <laughs> my, my person? Um, so financial insecurity played a small role. I think anytime you're thinking about changing jobs or pivoting careers or launching a business, there's always that. Um, the biggest fear that I had, I didn't realize what it was at the time. It's more like looking back. I see it so clearly. I really was worried and afraid of leaving people behind. Um, there are a lot of lot of reasons for that. Lots of layers and context that kind of led me to that thinking and behavior. Um, at the time, I think I was concerned that other people, whether they said it to me or not, had doubts, right? Or predictions or like assumptions. And that if I failed, you know, that, that would be the end of it. I would, you know, I, I just pictured the scenario, like I come crawling back and I'm like, you know, I'm a big failure and now I need you to save me. Like that whole idea, I mean, made me really upset internally. It was such a conflict. And then it was realizing, right. And this is the be the wolf concept. Like we can't control other people's perceptions about us. We can't control how they're going to react to the decisions that we make. Like our responsibility and privilege is to ourselves, right? To find out whatever the heck it is we're made born to do, right? And do that thing. Even if the rest of the world thinks we're crazy for it, like what they think and how they feel doesn't actually play a role or in my mind shouldn't. Like if it does, the results aren't nearly as meaningful, aren't nearly as personal. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was scared of like, it's a, a big city. I'm coming from a tiny, tiny town in the South. So there was that aspect. Like um, I was attracted to and terrified of this idea of anonymity. Like, cause I was kind of, I felt big fish in a small pond a little bit. It was very much like, cheers like everybody knew me and everybody knew my business which was frustrating you know in a small town I, I definitely grew bored and resentful of that very quickly the idea of moving to this big city where I didn't have any connections didn't have any clear path or answers it was like stranger in a strange land I mean that's really scary for someone with social anxiety like myself it was like how the heck do I even start? 
you know. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it starts with talking to strangers, asking questions, listening, right? Um, yeah. Making it known who you are and kind of setting your intentions, you know, um, asking for what you want, what you need. So asking for what you want and what you need is huge. A lot of people have a really hard time with that. Okay. So you moved across country. What happened next in your career? I, I started out in the startup world working in the technology industry um, and had kind of been working in marketing and communications, uh, ended up working as a corporate communications consultant for a while. Um, I started de developing an affinity for project management. Uh, like I loved it because I was really good at it, I guess. It didn't feed my fire necessarily, but so I worked in operations management for um, a multi-million dollar company in the construction industry, which was like, you know, how far away can we get from style, right? <laughs> and branding. Um, I did a teeny bit of work in HR. Um, I would say the wildest one, uh, the wildest career experience that I had on the West Coast after moving cross country was, I've never told this story publicly before, so I'm really excited to share. Um, I worked for like three days at an adult toy store as a marketing professional. Um, and it was interesting. I was so excited about that opportunity. It was kind of personally challenging. Um, you know, I thought there was a lot of possibilities and creativity. And I just remember they had a dot matrix printer. And this was less than 10 years ago. Um, coming from like a government career in the rural South, like I was used to seeing antique machines and hardware and like, you know, but to see a dot matrix printer and what I thought was like this modern business, I was like, oh no. And it was really interesting because I, like I said, I, I made my wishes known. I put myself out there. I ended up getting a call on day three of that position from another opportunity that led to the corporate communications opportunity. Um, and he's, the supervisor, the owner at that time, he's like, I know you're employed now. If you're willing to come on, I'd like for you to be my first full-time employee. And I couldn't say yes fast enough. I was like, yes, you know, we were gonna be working for the likes of Microsoft, which coming from dot matrix printer to, you know, like tech innovation, that was a huge deal. So, um, but yeah, sometimes I forget that it was only three days you know, it was like such a blip in time, but it was really pivotal. Um, and yeah, uh, prior to launching my business, I worked in event technology. So it was kind of the, the culmination of all the previous experiences, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of operations, um, very much embedded in innovation and new new technology, which was cool and challenging still not related to style um but i did right. did do a lot of branding and marketing then so that's kind of where those pieces of my current business came from 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> not what I expected at all. Well, I can definitely see how you just kept picking up pieces that are leading to you having all the pieces that you need. And I think people that are younger that are just starting out and they're so frustrated that their career is not looking like they thought it was going to look and to just keep learning and growing. And when you've learned and grown, it's time to move positions. I know chefs, it used to always be the standard is you work someplace till you learn everything you can learn there. And then it's time to move on. You don't stay in that place for 20 years. <laughs> that idea, I mean, that's just not really feasible anymore because companies downsize, they get bought out, too many things happen. So a great be the wolf quality and you had this is to always step into the next growth opportunity keep stepping in over and over to the growth opportunities and you will create this abundant basket of resources yeah i definitely feel like today where i'm sitting right now like i'm my cup is running over, you know, um, not so much on the financial side, um, make no mistake. Like I get a lot of feedback from people that, you know, like, oh my gosh, you've grown so much and you're, it's obvious you're wildly successful. And like internally, I feel that way, wildly successful. Um, and the capitalistic narrative is ever present in my mind. It's like revenue goals and, you know, like, um, yeah, it's interesting. That's still kind of a, a struggle. Um, but yeah, that it is a success. Like I, I built the thing and you're right. I, I took pieces and parts of every experience I've had up to this point and like made it work for me, you know, figured out a way to leverage it in a way that brings value to other people and really enables me to like give to the world what I didn't have growing up. It's like, I've, I've created this thing from all of these little pieces and parts. Um, yeah, here we are. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think is really important is to really connect with what success means for each individual person. I know there is this idea out there, you have to have this amount of money and blah, 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 all these things that supposedly mean success. But what is success for each individual person is going to be unique, uniquely yours. So there are so many people that have so much money and make so much you know, maybe they've been doing whatever their positions for a really long time, but they are so stressed out. They hate what they do. They take it out on their family. They don't have time to connect with their friends. They have no time for play. And sure, they have a fat bank account, but is that success? So, you know, in starting a business, when you're in your infancy, your first few, like five years, really, it's ups and downs and ups and downs. Sometimes it feels flush and you're like, oh, I'm going to go celebrate. 
And then you're like, oh, wait, no, but I remember that last downtime. Maybe we should <laughs> prepare for that. Um, but with those ups and downs, but the thing is, is I know that you love what you do. I know that you love waking up in the morning and working on your business. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's everything to me. Yeah. And coming back to that electric joy, like when you're looking at an end goal, is the end goal to have a million dollars in the bank or is the end goal to experience electric joy as much of the time as possible? Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely about that visceral feeling. It's also about impact, having an impact, specifically a positive impact, <laughs> right? Um, and, and seeing that same kind of, it's, it's almost like the light bulb moment, like a client will be, will be on zoom, right. And I can see and feel the growth when they have a realization about themselves or like they, they have clung to some kind of narrative or expectation up to this point. And it's like, you can see when they let it go and like, come further into themselves. That is it. I get goosebumps every time I describe this because, and I know when that happens, I'm, I am right on target, right? Like we got to lean more into that feeling. We got to chase that, <laughs> chase that sensation. Um, but it, it's not temporary. It's not um, mer mercurial like money is, right? Like you said, there's the ups and the downs and the peaks and the valleys. But that impact, those moments with clients, facilitating that, empowering them and creating space for them to have that experience is like that. Sometimes it keeps me up at night. You're talking about waking up in the morning and I am so excited because this is, you know, like I love Mondays, for example. But sometimes when I'm trying to sleep at night, I just am overcome with gratitude and joy that I get to bear witness to these things and be part of these people's journey. It's really cool. <laughs> Me too. I know in my clients that one point that there's a turning point about three quarters of the way through my program where all of a sudden you start to see it's not just the little things, but you start to see these. It's like a big snowball. Like we started with a little snowball and it get and that just start, it keeps getting bigger and bigger the further it rolls down the hill and they watching people come into their true power their truth of who they really are and be able to express that in the world it affects everything it affects their families it affects their friends it it ripples out in such a powerful way and that is the basis of the be the wolf thing is the more people we have operating from that place and you and I are going different routes to getting people to that same place that we will balance the ecosystem. We will create better and better things and solve so many of the world's problems the more people we have operating from the truth of who they truly are. And so I know a lot of your clients do that big leap of stepping into the unknown. Tell me a little bit about the people that you serve specifically. 
I've started to notice, especially over the past year, and I've, I've been in business since April of 2020, okay? So I'm almost to the halfway point of my first five years. Um, but particularly over the last year, I've noticed a lot of people from the neurodivergent community coming to me, seeking me out. Also individuals from the queer community. Um, it's kind of the, the folks who, I hesitate to say, use the word underdog or like people who slip through the cracks, but it's like kind of people who are on the, the fringe of things, right? Um, really have something special about themselves, something really unique to offer and are just like they've reached a turning point where it's so painful to wear the mask or um, hide themselves or like withdraw, whatever that looks like, right? The, the quiet people at work whose brains are really active and they have all this value to deliver to their organization, but for some reason like leadership isn't paying attention, won't give them the time of day. Um, I work with a lot of kind of middle and upper tier leadership, you know, people at that level from different industries that are at a point where they're taking, leaning into the next growth opportunity for themselves. And they realize the opportunity to, as you described, reflect externally what they're experiencing, like who they know they are internally. Um, yeah, I, I've worked with a lot of, I said, members of the queer community, you know, cisgender people, trans individuals, non-binary people, people of all body types and gender expressions. That's been really interesting building this business, especially coming from a marketing background, because like I know the client avatar exercise and I know how important demographics are and all of that stuff. But when I look at like my client portfolio, the characteristics that unite them are not that they're queer. It's not that they're a specific age group or in a specific industry. It's like the common thread is really a, a kind of essence and it's, they, they're usually the stepping into the unknown for them is reaching out to a personal stylist, which even that term is loaded with assumptions and expectations, right? I'm not just any personal stylist, right? I'm not just any brand coach. Um, it's, it's absolutely individualized. So I hope that answers your question about like, who are my clients? Um, if you're looking to be seen, feel seen, Right. If you look at my logo, of course, I wear glasses and there's some significance to that. But it's really about like having someone in this case, me help you get clarity on exactly who you are and figure out how to amplify that in a way that's going to make you be more visible. Right. Create more visibility for yourself and career. Feel seen. Be seen. Even if those things are scary for you. like public speaking, right? Or a live video like this. Um, a lot of my clients come to me scared of those things. And it is those things that they, like by challenging themselves to do those things is like like the, the key or the ticket to whatever that next growth opportunity is. Like if they can just 
get over that hump, it kind of unlocks this whole world of other possibilities. Absolutely. Lots of little steps really unlock crazy big opportunities. So before you tell us all the things of how to get in touch with you, if you were going to give either your younger self or somebody else a piece of advice about stepping into the unknown, what would that piece of advice be? So I'm thinking about this analogy, right? If you're if you're hiking to the summit, whatever, you get to a cliff and you have to decide, do I jump or not, right? I would say the first step is, well, the, my piece of advice is that you're not what you carry. You are not the baggage that you carry. And I imagine whatever that baggage is, whatever form it takes, in my mind, it's like a really, really heavy backpack, right? Um, and you... Of course, if you're hiking, if you're thinking about taking a journey into the unknown, you're going to need to hydrate. You're going to need snacks, but you don't need all of this, the weight of other people's expectations, right? All the shoulds, all the narratives that you thought were written for you. I would say like, take the backpack off, right? Set it down and let it go because that weight literal and metaphorical will hold you back. It's been holding you back up to this point. So there's gotta be a kind of a kind of visceral exercise of like, you know, make that decision in your mind. What makes sense to carry with me? Water, snacks, right? What the resources. Yeah, the resources, exactly. The important stuff. And what doesn't? What's not serving you? What is in direct conflict with that which empowers you? let it go. Um, in that process, you're going to develop a deeper trust within yourself. You know, this is part of self-discovery and self-awareness, right? Right. We're all going to experience self-doubt, but it's the, it's like making decisions based on that doubt. That's going to hurt. You know, um, whatever you know is true about yourself, really believe that trust your gut, whatever the the catchphrase is, right? But I mean it, like, you've got the answers, listen to them, trust yourself, because you're the, you're the one that knows better than anyone else. Um, I would say probably the best way to find me is through my website, which is 100% DIY, by the way. So I've done all the marketing, all the branding, copywriting, good, all that good stuff. Um, it's maggiegreenstyle.com. And that's Maggie Green, like the color with an E at the end, style.com. You can also find me on social media, namely Facebook, Instagram, and occasionally TikTok at greenstylemags. But the handle on social media is indeed green like the color without the E at the end. So that's an important difference. Um, green style mags. As far as what I have to offer, I, I mean, I am available for a complimentary consultations. I've told a lot of folks, like, I'll give anybody a half an hour of my time just for the opportunity to connect with a real person on the other end. Um, turning strangers into friends is my jam. So the biggest thing with that is if you do want to hang out with me at no cost to you, 
know that I am not a salesperson. When I say it's complimentary, it's no strings attached. There's no catch. There's no sales pitch. It's literally me as a human being trying to connect with you as a human being. If we discover that there's something to that connection and you want to learn more, take next steps, we can have that conversation. But this first first conversation is, like I said, it's um, an opportunity to connect human to human, which I think we might need after almost three years in this pandemic-fueled environment. So I'm here as a resource for you. Amazing. Thank you. And for those of you that are looking for career empowerment and to transition into careers that fully align with who you truly are, you can reach out to me on my website, JaneaBarnes.com. I have a freebie on there, Five Secrets to Switch to a Great Career, and that's G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. Or if you're ready to take the leap and have a conversation about working together, you can go to book a call with Jenea. Again, that's G-E-N-E-A. And if you all were interested in anything, please open your browsers and type those things in now because in a few minutes you might forget. <laughs> okay, Maggie. Thank you so much for connecting with me and sharing your story and sharing what it takes to step into the unknown. And I'm so grateful that you are here to serve your clients in the way that you are, because anybody that helps us live our true and full life of who we are and allows us to feel that inside and out is a great gift to this world. So I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Janae. And likewise, I appreciate the opportunity to share. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.